So one of the online voiceover casting sites that we highly recommend is Voice123. The quantity and the quality of auditions are some of the best. And not only is the quantity and quality good, but your Voice123 dashboard can give you such great insight that's helpful for your career. Yeah, you can actually see when clients favorite you, like your audition, and even your booking ratio, which really helps you understand your sweet spot even better and how you can best serve your clients. Voice123 is offering a 15% discount for a new yearly membership, beginning with a $395 tier. And I made my membership amount back with one booked job. And I actually just signed up. If you're interested, see the link in the show notes or description. And we also included the terms and conditions as well if you have any questions. And this is only valid until the end of May 2022. So check the link in the show notes or description to get 15% off your new Voice123 membership. You're listening to the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com podcast. Hey, I'm Mike Stout. And I'm Heidi Rue. We're both full-time voice talent and owners of Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and ProVoiceOverTraining.com. AVS is a recording and training studio in Atlanta with virtual options available to join. And ProVoiceOverTraining.com offers on-demand video resources to better your voiceover career. Our purpose in creating both of these is to give you the resources you need to create the career you want. And that's exactly why this podcast exists as well. Each month, we bring on an expert to share their industry knowledge, insight, and helpful tips. Visit AtlantaVoiceOverStudio.com and ProVoiceOverTraining.com for more great resources. Okay, so we have Mark Gus with us today. He is the co-founder of ACM Talent. He is a top global social media influencer in his field. And as vice president for over a decade at WME, Mark represented A-list celebrity and iconic voiceover talent. He's a Syracuse University College of Law graduate and a board member of the Society of Voice Arts and Sciences, or SOVAs, as you know. And he just released his book called In Instincts of a Talent Agent, Entrepreneurial Takeaways from an Industry Insider. It was just released mid-March, and uh, if you're interested in it, we've got a link in the show notes He here. only sleeps 15 minutes a day. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh. He is a new dad, so that's probably not that far off from the truth. Um, but Mark, we're so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. Thank you. Thank you again for having me, and I can't tell you how excited I am to be here because I know you guys, I work with you guys. <laughs> I, I've seen, I've seen what you've done to create this brand and business in Atlanta. And as you guys both know, it's not for everyone, right? <laughs> right. So, yeah. So in the midst of doing everything that you're doing on the, on the performance side, you're running the show down there and it's it's become a you know a nationally known business and i think the world is your oyster so mm-hmm. kudos to you guys well, thank you so much, yeah, Mark. Thank we you appreciate that, it. Yeah, we do. And and we didn't in, include this in the introduction, but Mark is also our, our manager yes. and, and agent with yeah, ACM. Yeah. So thank you for all you do on your side. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited about this interview, actually. <laughs> nice. Hi to you at the... Nice, so am I. 
He, he doesn't say that about any other interviews, Mark, either. So wow. <laughs> yeah. Listen, there's some, there's something about, I get Mike Stout. I really do. Like, I, I think there's a lot of similarities between us. I, I totally get a lot of stuff. I don't even think we had a conversation about stuff like that, but I, but just look, first of all, Mike is so talented and yet somewhat understated and it's not that usually doesn't go hand in hand in the entertainment industry you know it's like someone who's like way over the top or you know has to be center stage but you know when you're that confident and you're that good you just have it so he's just he's just amazing and and Heidi I mean what you do at the mic um is just as reliable as I've seen on, you know, in voiceover, it's just, you know, you're so confident and you're so good at this. So, you know, to me, it's just such an honor to be working with you guys. Well, thank you. Golly, we, we Mark, thank you so much. Runneth over. Yeah, seriously. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, and Mark doesn't even know this, but when, after uh, you signed me, Mark, uh, and we were at VO Atlanta and you were there, you were across the, the table and I'm, I'm sitting on the other side and just being an introvert, you know, kind of looking over, I'm like, should I go talk to him? Like you had already <laughs> signed me and it's like, I don't, I don't know what to say. Thank you. you know? <laughs> it's, it's like Garth, Garth to Wayne. Right, 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 right. Party on, man. Party on. Party on. <laughs> yeah. No, you were. Oh, I'm starting. <laughs> I'm looking over at Heidi. I'm like, well, you got the first question. <laughs> I highlighted it for you, Mike. That's where my talent runs out. <laughs> All right, Mark. So uh, thank you again for joining us. But for people who are listening, share with us a little bit of your journey. How did you end up in VO as an agent and now, you know, the management world? What what all led to this? Well, so I sent in my resume and I got in and <laughs> it worked. Easy peasy. <laughs> so have a good resume, everybody. Good right. Um, you know, I wanted a piece of entertainment since I was little. And I think Heidi probably did too. Mm. Not sure about Mike, but I, th- I think Heidi might have. Mm-hmm. Heidi, did you put shows together when you were oh, little? Oh, yes. And yeah. yeah. Okay. Did commercials yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of I was course more from the, yeah. the radio side. I, I was walking around with a microphone interviewing people. And- right. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I always wanted to be in entertainment. And I've heard that so many times during interviews, whether it's for an assistant or for a mailroom trainee, because I was on the management board of trainees for William Morris. So I would be involved in those interviews with other agents, other executives and HR. And I would hear incoming potential um, mailroom trainees because you start in the mailroom and then you work your way to floaters and assistants and maybe agents. And I just heard that all the time. It was almost cliche when someone said, well, I always wanted to be in entertainment. Like I would kind of roll my eyes, but then I'm like, wait, that's what I say. Right. So, you know, so I'm like, all right, I'll let that one slide. And, you know, so I thought that I wanted to be a, an agent. I wanted to be an agent. Um, my cousin was an agent actually. Uh, he was the president of a big agency and 
I always thought that what he was doing was really cool. I'm the youngest cousin. He's the oldest cousin. Um, so he must be really old, I guess. But <laughs> he, but so I, it, it always interested me. It always was exciting to me. And we, um, you know, I, I always tried to pick his brain about it. And I wound up just going my my way, like my own way. And I interned for a B movie company called Troma, Troma Films, like the Toxic Avenger, Avenger movies. And yeah, that was an internship and that's in my book. There's a nice story about that there. Um, And then I interned for, while I was in law school, I interned for a, for CE. D, it's CSD now, CESD now, but Ken Slevin's name wasn't on the door yet, and neither was Doherty. It was Cunningham Escott Depini, <laughs> and I was answering phones, and I was answering the phones, not CESD, but Cunningham Escott Depini, Cunningham Escott Depini, <laughs> Cunningham Escott Depini. <laughs> like that's what I, that's how they wanted it, and that's how I did it. Um, and I was there for a couple months, and then I went to uh oh actually let me back it up but so i did an internship prior to that at innovative artists when they opened in new york and it was a very small office and it was theatrical it wasn't commercial it wasn't voiceover it wasn't any of that and i just thought that the pace of photocopying scripts and and the actual internal doings of of the day-to-day work television motion picture the that there might be a premiere in two years and the movie might have, you know, be a success or not. Like to me, I don't have the patience for that. And when I wound up at CESD, I saw that pace of commercials because that's primarily what they did. Mm -hmm. And it was just exciting to me. And it led me to, uh, SCM and M, which was the top commercial agency in the nineties. And, Phil Sutphin happened to be there too. He joined like a year after I did, but I was doing celebrity commercials with the president of the company. And he represented James Earl Jones, who was like the icon, you know, still, (laughs) but you know, he, he, so he negotiated all these amazing deals for celebrity, but, and, and, and negotiated James Earl Jones's first, um, exclusive, it was Bell Atlantic and it was, um, then it turned into, it was like nine X Bell Atlantic Verizon. And it was one of the biggest voiceover deals ever. Wow. And I watched the industry change from the announcer to the conversational read mm-hmm. right under our roof. Because what Fred would do, Fred Schiffman was the president of SEM and what he, he, he's so shrewd that someone would call, they didn't even know that James Earl Jones was was exclusive to Verizon. So he would say, well, what about Jason Alexander? Jason Alexander is George Costanza. <laughs> right. From, uh, yeah. And, but, but, okay, so it got the buyer's attention that maybe Jason Alexander can do that. Or wow. So Rob Morrow actually wound up booking, Rob Morrow from Northern yeah. Exposure. Was yeah. like, so he wound up booking a MasterCard commercial which turned into one of the first celebrity conversational reads or if not the first where it was like mike stout doing warby parker it was that friendly 
conversational. It was like, hey, use MasterCard, whatever, right. you know? Right. And it, I guess it was a little risky at the time, but it caught on. And to this day, we're hearing, we're seeing specs for conversational non-announcer. And uh, so I convinced Fred to make me an agent because <laughs> he was doing celebrities and he didn't know about sports. So I'm like, you know what? How am I going to become an agent? Let me convince him that I'll do the sports celebrities. So they wound up making me an agent and I started doing deals for sports celebrities like Jimmy Johnson and Keith Jackson, who's a voice, uh, the, the voice of college football, mm -hmm. video yeah. game voices for him, Pat O'Brien, um, just a, a whole bunch. And then Harry Abrams caught wind of what I was doing there. And he asked me if I wanted to start the promo department at Abrams because every agency started was starting promo departments. Phil Sutman came into SCMM to start the promo department. He was at Buckwald. <laughs> wow. And he came to SCMM. And I would joke around with him, like, I didn't know what he was doing. Like, I didn't <laughs> understand it. Like, I, he would put a great CD together compilation, and he's talking to MTV, and he's talking to ESPN, and, and I'm like, okay, I, I just, I'm not getting it. So, <laughs> so, so when Harry Abrams asked me to start it, I said, well, it, it, full disclosure, like, I don't really, this is not what I do. I'm doing uh, celebrity commercials, and he said some, something really interesting to me, which stuck forever. He said, isn't an agent, an agent, an agent? Mm. Translation, if you have it, you might have, you probably yeah. have it. Mm -hmm. So, so I decided to take that opportunity and start their promo department. And I always wanted to be an agent at William Morris. Like to me, that was the ultimate, that was the brand name that was just synonymous with talent agency, mm -hmm. William Morris agency. And I couldn't get in there when I was in law school. I just couldn't get in. I just, I wasn't typing fast enough. I wasn't, whatever I wasn't doing, you know, fast enough or good enough. I just wasn't getting in. So I hung in there. I was at Abrams for about a year and a half. And then I caught wind that William Morris agency was looking to, for a promo agent. And what I said was, there's no way in hell that I'm not getting this. Like I'm going to do <laughs> everything I can to get to, to like, there's just no way. So I was in the agent's off. I was in the head of the department's office, like twice a week chatting with him about how I'm going to make this thing happen for him and what I can do. Like I just push the envelope as far as possible. And I mean, it was a mutual hire hiring and, and, and interest at the end of the day. And that's, that's what I did. Like, I always wow. think that if you really want something, and this is where the entrepreneur mm -hmm. comes out. Mm -hmm. Like if you really want something, mm -hmm. like why just, why not get it? Right. And I'll give you a quick example that has nothing to do with voiceover. So <laughs> when I was looking for a house, the, there were, I knew that this house was going to, get a ton of offers. So what happens is you make offers and then there, and then there's some, there's a, a stage that you get to when there's a ton of offers that's called uh, best and final. So the first round is usually 
you know, a ton of offers. And then they choose like the five best candidates. You make your best and final, meaning you're going to make a better offer. You have to probably make a better offer than you did the first time. So what I did was I blew the rest of the candidates out of the water in round one. So I offered what I pro- what I would probably offer at the end of the day in round two, in round one. Mm. And I guess no one else thought of doing that because they're like, OK, well, let's do this and see what happens. And then we'll go to best and final. But right. I didn't want to take that chance because coming in second is like coming in 50th. Mm-hmm. You don't get the house. Mm-hmm. Right. So so it's just you know what? Like, is it something like my mom? has that i think there's something genetic about it there's something about being restless about just being in in you know like coasting and not looking to the next big thing i don't know like that's just the way i saw it so anyway william morris wound up hiring me and i wound up starting their promo department and then i started their uh the first radio imaging department in at any agency ever and that turned into a, a big success because radio and radio imaging was very, very popular and profitable at the time. And that was my annuity for 13 years where I was just, you know, booking left and right, signing every top voiceover imager out there, um, offering them opportunities to, I would joke around with them. I would say, Hey, we're going to turn you into a real person. <laughs> where you know, they're not just going to, you know, they're just not going to do radio. They're going to do radio and they're going to yeah. do trailers and they're going to do promos. They're going to do commercials. They're going to do narration. And, you know, we didn't have that big staff that we have now at ACM. But my vision was always like if I had to do it my way. And look, I, I loved every minute of being an agent at William Morris. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually got a yes from management for whatever I wanted pretty much um, as, as I, you know, to develop the department and, and move into other areas because, because I was doing radio imaging, I wound up telling them, listen, we don't have a radio broadcast department and I'm in touch with all these program directors and general managers and presidents of companies. Like we should be doing, um, we should really be focusing on, on radio, on radio broadcast as well. So okay. I wound up, starting the radio broadcast department and I wind up in the broadcast department, one foot in the brass broadcast department, one foot still in the commercial department under voiceover and all the branches of voiceover, restarting the commercial scale commercial department at the same time. So I just had my hands full. Hmm. And like I said, if I had it my way, I would go out and get the best agents to come over to represent the talent we have. Like that's how you six. That's how talent will succeed when they Mm. have the best representation with the best opportunities. Mm -hmm. It's, it sounds simple, but it's not easy to pull off. But when Phil and I, so Phil and I re, uh, reunite because we had, we really weren't in touch much. He, he, Mm. he went to ICM after SCM and M and started, and was overseeing the New York commercial department. So Phil and I reunited and brainstormed to create what is now ACM today. And and it took a while because we started off with um, we started off with you know more traditional management, which was promos and narration and movie trailers and 
I'll get more, you know, more into that Mm -hmm. as we move along, but that's, um, you know, that's where we are right now. And then, and we pulled, we pulled it together in, you know, with a combination of luck and good fortune where other manager, other agents who turned managers with us were available when they were. Mm -hmm. And I, I honestly cannot think of a better team that we could have formulated than what we have right now. Like I, I, I'm not saying, I'm not just saying it, I'm saying it based on the history that Phil and I knew Mm -hmm. of the talent out there of the agents, the talent of the agents, the the talented agents out there who were a combination of the killers Mm -hmm. and, and maybe not, (laughs) and maybe not the killers, but, the agents in a, a, a in a different way who had their own their own way about it that were very successful that didn't have to be the killers but were still you know super successful um, and I think it just it's it's just like anything with with a lot of companies like it's different players different personalities coming into uh, you, you know formulating one overall entity and Mm -hmm. and it just works really well so i I mean i think you guys see what is going on on a day-to-day so yeah yeah some of the hardest working people i've (laughs) ever seen i mean i know i've even talked to melanie just about her day-to-day and i'm like wait how are you doing this is amazing yeah she's so (laughs) she's melanie is so busy and melanie is overseeing not only does she do i mean she's like a jack of all trades but she has uh, or Jill of all trades, she has um, uh, animation and video games under her area yeah. as well. In addition to you know doing commercials and narration and mm. some promos, so you know I, I think it's great. I mean the days of oh let's talk to the promo agent right are kind of are kind of over because mm-hmm. a promo a promo agent needs to I mean the the old school quote unquote promo agent had to turn into the more diverse day-to-day agent because mm-hmm. of all the changes in the industry in entertainment in general. So, mm-hmm. you know, it just wasn't sustainable that way. But voiceover is as sustainable as can be today mm-hmm. in the most diverse way. Like yes. you don't have to say, oh, I need to be a promo person. Mike mm-hmm. Stout is like my poster child for <laughs> some... <laughs> For someone who might not have thought he would turn into a promo talent, mm-hmm. who, who's turned into a very successful promo talent, but he did it with his own unique style and flair. And he didn't try to become that big, you know, over the top, whatever, like uh, uh, that stereotypical sound. He he was what they were looking for. And it was perfect. Um, you know, he's the boy. He does a ton of promos for AMC, which is you know one of their most popular shows so and a combination of shows so just um you know the, the industry as the industry changed we realized that we had to service our clients in the way that the industry is changing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. now mark something that everyone asks us uh, just through atlanta voiceover studio is the difference between an agent and a manager i think a lot of people aren't 
quite sure what the difference is. Can you kind of um, clarify that for us or, or define yeah, it? Yeah, I, abs- I absolutely can. <laughs> because I hear it all the time. <laughs> I, I, I definitely can. So if you're ready, here we go. So in theatrical representation, like motion picture and theater and, and TV, not commercial, there's a big difference between agents and managers. Agents are the primary or sole bookers, while managers are advisors and career guiders, connecting the career dots, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there weren't any VO managers when back when Phil and I started. Mm-hmm. You know, th- then there were a few former agents who set out to become quote unquote managers in specific areas that some agencies weren't really handling to, to a large degree, like movie trailers um, and, some, and a sprinkling of promos. So that's what management turned into in voiceover, movie trailers and some promos. Like that's what it was. Those, that's what the managers at the time were doing until fairly recently. And when Phil and I got into the management world, we decided to blow the whole thing up. And we were the first ones to make it a lot more inclusive as representation because we said if we were going to be managers and take that seriously, which we do, mm-hmm. then and we have a management model, which is a little bit different than an agency model. But we thought that with the management model, we needed to provide as many opportunities for our clients as possible. And not just because it's the management model, but because we thought that that's the type of representation that a talent should have Mm -hmm. as many diverse opportunities as possible. Like there's no if, ands or buts about it. Like why, why, like if you're going to build a business, like build it right and build it well and, and do it as best, you can and that anyone can. So, mm-hmm. um, so, so via, so the management world has, has certainly changed since we did it and are doing it the way we're doing it. And see the, so back in the day, the trailer and the trailer managers who focused on trailer and a little bit of promos, they were booking talent. Mm-hmm. So, unlike theatrical agents. So, so the standard was set already that in voiceover managers were booking too. So, Mm -hmm. so, so, um, so then we, uh, like I said, expanded into that and, you know, are booking talent every day and a lot of talent and a lot of bookings. And that is the, so, so the difference between an agent and, and management on the one hand, there's a there's a glaring difference in that at an agency there's so many clients, and at the agency they tend to take the agency and I was included. I was an agent for a long time. You tend to in scale commercial and just voice scale voiceover voiceover in general, not celebrity. You tend to to be very specific about your submissions. So mm-hmm. if someone is asking for young conversational, then you're going to your 20s, 30s list or 20s list, and that's mm-hmm. who you're submitting. But we all know that 
a lot of casting directors and a lot of producers don't know exactly what they're looking for right. Right. unless they unless they do know what they're looking for. Right. But I would say, for the most part, they don't necessarily know what they're looking for. I'm not saying that if someone's saying they want you know, someone in their 20s that we're going to be submitting a senior list, you know, but I'm just <laughs> but but I'm not saying that we're not going to be stretching it by submitting someone who isn't in their 20s or isn't in their 30s and sometimes not, isn't in their 40s because we represent talent who are not who sound really great, who, who, you know, they don't sound like they, that like, you know, like their age. And that's the beauty of voiceover. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're fantastic. So Mm -hmm. we love stretching the opportunities and you, it's very hard to do that at agency, the way agency voiceover agency functions. So if you look at our website, we have a lot of managers representing talent and not a lot of talent. Right. In, in comparison, because because if we were an agency, if you look at the managers that were that we have here, we would probably be representing over two thousand clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like an under it's like under eighteen to one ratio yeah. of representation of representation to talent, which is unheard of. Right. But but it's great. It's great for the talent that they get all the opportunity, you know, as many opportunities as they do. Mm-hmm. And are and we're able to, as managers, present to the buyers talent who might otherwise not be submitted for that job. Right. Well, and one of the other questions that we get here from the talent side is, uh, when when should I even consider being uh, looking for a manager? So, from your perspective, when is a voice talent ready for management representation? Well, it used to be a, a more pointed question in theatrical, like when a celebrity or or an actor is on the brink of that status. Like, would you bring? You know, is it the right time to bring a manager into the fold to to expand your team? Mm-hmm. So, you really had to be established with an agent to warrant management. Um, but we don't require that. What we do require is that you have talent, you have the setup. And to be far along, as far along in, in your career as a working voice actor can be, mm-hmm. and you know, so talent is far. Is, so talent itself is far from the only d- determining factor, um, because you know we don't we don't make it a regular practice to take on develop developmental talent. Mm-hmm. We make it more of a practice to take on established talent who have a career, a day-to-day career in voiceover, and it's not a developmental or part, part-time job. Um, but when, when you're at, if you're asking like when a talent is ready for management, we, we again, we don't, we really don't look at it that way. Um, because if someone is ready for an agent because they marketed themselves, branded themselves, have a great portfolio of business that, you know, that, that they put together over the years and they want to take it to another level and they're super talented and they have what it takes to cross over into more mainstream stuff, then we're going to give them a a big look because Mm -hmm. they show us that they are 
entrepreneurial and they have what it takes. They know how to do it. They just need those opportunities. And, you know, that's where it becomes a, a, a great partnership. So, well, so it doesn't mean that you have to be like the voice of a television network or the voice of a ton of national network commercials. Mm -hmm. If you're doing great in voiceover, however you're doing it, it's still great. And if you have the sound and the, and the drive and the, and whatever else it takes that, that gets our attention, we're ready to take a great look. Yeah. Which I can attest for how we got put together and, and you reaching out to, to me through a, a different person that I, a different agent, I could say, uh, as an audition. And then when we started talking, I, I had been looking for something like the, the next step. Cause I had a bunch of agents I was booking. Um, I had some side clients and everything that you just said, when we spoke, it just, it fit. It was like, yeah, I'm at that point where I need this. And it was a no brainer for me. Um, uh -huh. it might've been your great sales pitch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but you know really, what? Like it I, was great. Yeah. I, I really do think we have a, a great pitch, but it's not about the, the you know, smoke and mirrors and, oh, not at and, all. Pro and, and promises that we can't back up. Exactly. Like we have a great pitch. We have a great pitch because we have a, a really solid uh, system here and, and, exactly. you know, great representation and great talent. So, so, yeah. so, so yeah, no, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, Mike, because you were at a point where, you know, you were a, a, not like you had scattered stuff going on, but some good stuff, some, you know, yeah. what, you know, whatever, but you then wound up with, um, a lot of really good opportunities mm -hmm. and, and, and then delivered on them and you keep delivering on them. So that to me, like being a reliable client who's talented and is able to pull through audition wise. Like I never look at your auditions. I never look at your auditions that you send in and ever think that, oh my God, I have to like cringe or like cross my fingers that it's going to be like what I need it to be. Like right. it's just, it's, it's just always there. And that's why, we only have the small roster of clients that we have because, I mean, we have to feel confident like that in our clients. Mm -hmm. Yep. And and from the talent side, we have to feel confident in you guys, which I know Heidi and I both do. Um, and you guys, every, the whole team has just been phenomenal. So mm -hmm. kudos to the business model that you set up, but also the, the culture mm -hmm. and everything that goes around with it because I know how tough that can be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Thank you. Totally. Thank you. And Mark, one of the things that I'm so curious about is you've seen, you've seen such changes in the voiceover industry throughout your career. Mm. Has, has things changed since like when you first started as far as what it takes to be successful in the voiceover industry today versus even mm. like 10 or 15 years ago? Has that changed? It's so different. It's so different. The, the industry, yeah. Well, the industry is so different. Yeah. Fundamentally, it's the same in that a good agent is a good agent. A good agent <laughs> could probably be a good manager. Yeah. A good talent is going to succeed if they're, if they have you know, all the working parts, but it's been a long road with hard work every day. Like I've been practicing 
this new era of voiceover representation for nearly a decade. Mm. Like I've been building out my company's presence and my social media, my, my social media that further amplifies our presence, Mm -hmm. which further amplified the incredible abilities of our clients. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. everything that I do, um, in business, in so on social media, it's, it all trickles down to the great opportunities and representation for our clients. Mm -hmm. Like that's the, you know, that, that really is the point of it. And I just, I really just wanted to be the best at it. Like Mm -hmm. there's no, there's no agent or manager in the industry who is out there that way. And I'm not asking why is that not the case? Like, I just thought that there was a need for it to have a, you know, to be able to go out there and have that platform to help ultimately our clients, but, you know, helping out the industry along the way Mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, and, and, you know, again, I, I, I do it as an example for our clients to be the best they can, because when I speak to clients about how they need to distinguish themselves from the pack, you know, not to worry about what anyone else says or what anyone else is doing, because if you stay focused on your own unique mission, then you'll build it and you'll succeed, but you have to stick with it. Mm -hmm. You know, I love brainstorming with my clients about the creative ways to ascend in the industry, but it's not, but it's not easy at all. Like when I hear people saying like, Oh, I just want to make some extra money. I hear voiceover (laughs) is a great way to do it. (laughs) I mean, we all know that that's ridiculous, but people still think that that is the case. And, you know, I still get the, I know someone in my office who has a great voice and I tell him all the time he should be doing voiceover. And and I tell them, you know what? I think you should not tell them that they should be doing voiceover. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so, and, and, and people who venture out, people who venture out into social media, you better be prepared to stay with, to stay consistent because most people, and just look at, look at the accounts. That's mm-hmm. all you have to do is look at the accounts, look at Twitter specifically, mm-hmm. you get all jazzed up at the beginning of the, of the year and you're posting and you're posting and you're posting. And I don't know if you're posting unique stuff, but you're posting. And then the next, uh, you know, all of a sudden there's a bit of a drop in April and the next post I see is in November. Mm. And you know what? You're pretty much done mm-hmm. at that point because you, you really want to make your mark. If you're going to do that and take it seriously, you want to make your mark as an influencer and you just stop your mission short. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark, I want to switch gears for a second. Uh, Heidi and I know this, and I'm pretty sure everybody's seen you all over. You are pretty much everywhere on the socials uh, and writing for different places. And in an article you wrote for CEO World, you mentioned investing in a resiliency IRA fund. What do you mean by that? And in what ways can VO Talent do that? Well, this is something that entrepreneurs are masterful at, like taking a challenging situation that wouldn't like just knock someone out, uh, uh, you know, and, and using it as, as their energy to hone their own talent and then banking 
the lesson for future use. Mm -hmm. So for actors and specifically voiceover talent, it might be the auditioning process that may not be fruitful right away. It might be some constructive feedback from a coach or your representation. No response from an agent or manager when you're seeking representation. You know, that might come across as a blow that, you know, could do you in, Mm -hmm. but it's simply just more learning experiences that will strengthen your resolve. So every one of these examples are like depositing money into an IRA, except these are the experiences that will pay off in the long-term career. So, you you know, it's about hanging in there. So you're invest every experience you have, you're investing in yourself, in your career. That's mm-hmm. what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Well, and, and I know that you talk about this. By the way, little- I'm sorry, by the way, by the way, positive or negative. Right. That's that's the beauty of this IRA yeah. versus the you know traditional <laughs> IRA because right. negative is right. a disaster. <laughs> right, 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 right. So right. take take the positive as a positive and take the negative as a positive yeah. in your in your resiliency IRA as mm-hmm. an actor specifically a voice actor. One hundred percent agree. And you really talk a lot about this in your book. Even um, it's called "Instincts of a Talent Agent: Entrepreneurial Takeaways from an Industry Insider." So tell us a little bit. I mean, y- you've got years of experience. I know years of stories. Have I mean, what inspired you to write this, or at least release it now? Because it just was released this past March. Yeah. Well, I, I think there are valuable lessons to learn from the strategies within the entertainment world, specifically the talent agency world, which historically has been very interesting and entertaining and mysterious and educational. Like there, there, and there's a three prong audience here. I mean, first and foremost, there's the actor, the voice talent, the voice actor, um, because actors were not encouraged for the most part through the years to think entrepreneurially Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and with today's social media platforms and and creative marketing, it's a whole new world that no one on the representation side addressed on uh, that, that addressed until now, until here. And I wanted, I wanted to get that out there that your, that, that talent are business partners that, that, you know, it's, it's their business because, you know, I've, I'm, I've been speaking to college, law school, theater classes over the years, and there's also an incredible appetite to have someone find their way into as to have a successful career in the industry. And that audience um, might might be entertaining a career in entertainment, whether it's on the representation side. Um, and then there's, and then there's the general business owner slash entrepreneur where they can glean valuable information from the talent agency perspective and, Mm -hmm. and hear some behind the scenes stories that support the takeaways. Like at the end of every chapter of my book, I, we made it, we were very, um, clear that we were going to have takeaways. And in this day and age of ADD, and and con and and crazy content consumption, which is like never ending. Yeah. Like yeah. I I don't know how. Like when I hear someone say that, you know, they're reading this book, and uh, they're with that they're reading a book. <clears throat> I, I I don't get to 
to books that that often because <laughs> I just don't have the time. I don't have the time for it. Yeah. I don't know how I would be able to dedicate myself to that kind of project. Like it's enough that I'm like, you know what? Like if it's a series on Netflix that I'm hearing real rave reviews about it and, and it's an hour, you know, long consumption, then, you know, I, I might entertain it, but I'm just, I'm constantly on my iPhone with emails and, and social media and reading. It's not like I'm not reading. Right. We're just reading differently yeah. today. We're sure. consuming differently today. And look, I always thought it was, you know, somewhat old school, you know, the whole literary world, you know, you know, books in general, yeah. uh, when audiobooks came out, I was like, wow, that's interesting. I can just, you know, <laughs> listen to an audiobook. Yep. <clears throat> because it's like when I'm watching TV, I don't think I could just watch TV. I, could, I really need to watch, I, I not need to, but I watch TV and I'm doing three other things. I'm on my iPad, I'm on my um, iPhone you know, I don't uh -huh. know anything that's I anything. I'm like, <laughs> I, 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 I'm in like, I'm just like, if it's there, it's like, you know, look, a duck. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm> like, <there. laughs> so I want to oh get ahead gosh. of, of everybody on this. Um, who specifically on, uh, your ACM roster is in the lead for, uh, reading the audiobook version of this. <clears throat> Mike Stout. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I am going to start, uh, considering, uh, digging into the voiceover, uh, industry to see if anybody knows anybody. <laughs> um, yeah. Nice. I hear people read books yeah. and stuff and narrate things and promos and commercials. Let me, and stuff. Let me so just say, I, Mark, you're my favorite at ACM right now, but it's leaning towards Phil. The more you go on with this answer. <laughs> <laughs> that's great i'm kidding i'm kidding but okay so uh what do you hope people uh who read the book uh what do you hope that they get out of it well you know i made sure you know like i said to billboard as many takeaways as possible mm -hmm. and that's really what a lot of people are going to come out of it with to just to to if i can see that people are more energized about their day-to-day -day, that they wake up every day and they're like wow like all right i understand this business is my business nobody mm -hmm. controls my business mm -hmm. this is my business i choose my business partners i choose my creativity i choose my uniqueness i choose my direction my team is there for my business mm -hmm. with me as a business partner and you know how, you know, the, the old school typing, grab the paper, crush mm -hmm. it, throw it in the garbage, right? Yep. Like, that's okay. Like this, it, it's the, it's the same workings of the way it was back then with the typewriter and the crunching the paper and tossing it mm -hmm. to, you know what, like maybe this is the brand that I, sh that, that, that I should go out with and maybe it isn't. No, it isn't. And I don't feel comfortable with it. And tomorrow I'm going to come up with a, you know, a, a fresh idea. And it's okay if you don't come up with it. Like I tell my clients this all the time. Some are more easier than others. And by the way, um, you know, you you guys have a uh, a great branding 
um, a, a vehicle for your day-to-day because you're mm. working voice talent. I feel like I'm doing a session with clients, which I am. <laughs> you know, <laughs> <laughs> we're not only members, we're clients. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. No, but, but you're, you're a very successful working voiceover talent and you own one of the premier voiceover studios on the planet. So to be able to uh, provide value to talent out there because of your expertise, because of the classes you run, because of the studio you have, because of the type of talent that come to see you, because of the type of talent that want to know the inside of the voiceover industry, you're providing value every day for talent. Mm -hmm. And that is going to get you noticed as talent from talent to your peers, talent to talent. But then ultimately that what it's all about to build careers is business is business. So, Mm -hmm. so the value that you're providing is going to be noticed by the buyers too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, building, like I said, it takes a long time to build it out. So you have Mm -hmm. to build out your audience. And as you build out your audience, a buyer is going to be less likely to be part of your uh, inside world than, you know, like a talent to talent would be, Mm -hmm. but that's okay. Because if you can amass the peer talent, then you're on your way to becoming more of an influencer where buyers are going to be like, oh, wait a second. Not only are they talented, but, and, and I say this and I mean it, it won't be long before buyers, brands are going to say, you know what, these three guys or <clears throat> these three women who we just narrowed it down to, they're all great. They're all going to sound great on the spot. Who do we choose? Mm. And the difference makers are going to be the influencers Mm. because they're going to be able to push the brand with their own creativity. It's not necessarily happening that much or, you know, right now, Mm -hmm. but it, it, if you look at the trends of what's happening in the entertainment industry with social media influencers, YouTubers, TikTokers, mm-hmm. it's going to wind up being the same with voiceover talent. So sure. yeah. if you're not if you're not ahead of the game, it doesn't mean that you should look at it and be like, oh, I have a whole mountain, you know, this huge mountain ahead of me. Like I, I'm not, I don't. Then then you probably aren't going to challenge yourself enough and I say challenge in a positive way to have the career that you want to be the best that -hmm. you can be like why not like why not start that challenge today Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's great yeah um along kind of along those same lines Mark I wanted to to end it with and and by the way if you're listening to this don't forget to check out we've got some bonus questions too with Mark on our YouTube page and it's it's linked below. And Mark also does something every single week on Clubhouse where he has he usually has a guest in there, an expert guest in there, and he shares a lot, asks questions. I mean, it's such a wonderful, valuable thing that is just so rare to be able to get that time and mm-hmm. the knowledge. Um, and so we'll we'll put a link to his Clubhouse in the show notes too, so you can join every Wednesday and as well as um, his social media handles too, um, or just social media. Sorry, I got schooled by a middle schooler, Mark, at our last kids workshop when I said, oh, what's your handle? And he goes, 
handle what <laughs> who are and i was like oh do they not say that now and he goes no oh my gosh that like, is wow. great Ouch. that is great um but what are some what are some of the best ways that talent can partner or serve their managers and their agents and their clients? Um, and I, I think you've kind of already alluded to that, but is there anything else that we need to touch on that we can be um, just better partners um, in all those well, areas? Well, ultimately, again, this is a every individual talent's business. Mm. So agents and managers are there as your partners, business partners, and so, so they they have to take charge of where they get their auditions from, being active um, and, and effectively uniquely branding and marketing themselves. And the the fun part of it is uncovering their unique qualities to ultimately become as effective as a social media influencer as they possibly can be. Mm-hmm. I keep saying that because if you're listening here, that you need to be thinking about what's happening, not going back, not thinking backwards into the value of what a national network television commercial used to be, because things are going to change there too, because you're consuming most of your content on your phone, on your tablet, and you're catching the ads on YouTube, or you're catching it at the beginning of a, of a short clip. It could be on Instagram um, wherever it, it may be. So mm. don't forget that it's not just about the day to day. There's a lot, when you're not auditioning and you're not booking, then if you, if you're not auditioning and you're not booking and you're not moving your business forward, then you're losing every minute of that opportunity every yeah. day. So, yeah. you know, like you, you know, so like I said, you have your hands full with Atlanta voiceover studio, you know, like this podcast, mm. you know, this, this is a, an extension of your brand mm. and this is the value that you're providing. And you know what? People are going to know about voiceover, the Atlanta voiceover studio. And if they're looking for a studio in Atlanta or they're looking for a studio who's capable on a very high level, even if it's not in Atlanta, but they know that, you know, they just want a great, reliable studio, then they'll know that it's Atlanta voiceover studio because they know that it's coming from very prestigious owners and talent. Well, thank you. Yeah, Mark, thank you so much. And and thank you again for all the value that you add to the community, to us, um, you know, as being on the roster and um, just all your perseverance and persistence and resiliency over the years, because um, we've been able to benefit from that. And we're so gracious. Mm-hmm. We're so grateful. So thank And a you. lot of people don't realize that, you know, you don't have to do a clubhouse. You don't have to spend all this extra time sharing your wisdom and knowledge <laughs> like you do, but you do yeah. because it shows that you have a passion about this and, and you want to be number one. And thank you. I love it. Thank I you really for working on our it. on our behalf. So. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I really do love it, and I don't look at it as a burden. I get excited every Wednesday at eight twenty five when I start opening <laughs> the club doors. Yeah, and you know we're back. 
ready to roll with, you know, with new, new guests. So, yeah, but I I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're listening, then, you know, jump on the bandwagon. Mark puts out some great valuable content on all of his social platforms as well as Clubhouse, like we were just talking about. And uh, we'll put a link again to his book too. So you can, you can read that. Um, So thanks again, Mark. We really appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Can I uh, just do an out? Uh, a promo out of your yes of absolutely course. this podcast is brought to you by atlanta voiceover studio <laughs> <laughs> i love it that's awesome <laughs>